Welcome to another episode of This Week in Gaming History, where we celebrate major milestones and reminisce about the games that change the landscape of gaming and our lives. I'm Pat, and I'm here with my buddy Bowman. I'm Cody Tharp. You're not Cody Tharp. I'm from Texas. <laughs> I'm here with Bowman. Hey, everybody. He's the co-host today for episode two of This Week in Gaming History. We've got a got a couple of good ones here today. It's the 20th anniversary of Mario Party for Nintendo 64. Woo! You like Mario Party? I do a lot, but I like the first two Mario Parties. Well, but this I, is the first Mario Party. So it is. Yes. So well, and we've also got before you start. Sorry, waxing, I start rambling. Uh, reminiscent. We've also got the 15th anniversary of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, one of my favorite GameCube games. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so we got Mario Party. North American released February 8th, 1999. It was developed by Hudson Soft, that old B. Mm-hmm. Miss you, B. Director Kenji Kikuchi. That sounds right. Yeah, did I, hit, did I hit the nail that on the head? That sounds fine. Okay. Didn't sound wrong. Mm, it might have been wrong. Kenji here. Kikuchi. Kenji Kikuchi. <laughs> <laughs> Kenji Kikuchi. And it was the first installment of the long-running Mario Party franchise. There are franchise. a lot, a lot of Mario there's, Party games. There's at least 11. There's probably a few I'm missing. There's... Is there a Game Boy one? There was a Game, Game, Game Boy Advance one. Okay, there's that, and then there was, there was a, a there DS was, one. There was a DS one and a new 3DS one that came out recently. And the DS one was not considered in the numbered sequels, right? No. So, yeah, there's like 13, 14 Mario Parties. An insane amount. Classic party game. I think, I want to say, I'm going to go on record here, maybe this was the first dedicated mini game like party game board game type thing it's hard to say because there were some titles i guess because like what are you what are you defining like hmm because there were like some trivia games on nintendo like a, like a board game style there game was with something like that on nintendo that i can't think of at the right night right now there were there were different mini games and it was like a board style hmm. so there, there I, I don't i wouldn't say but it's most certainly the most well-known and pioneered one that's Certainly had the biggest effect in regards to gaming history, and uh, I think yeah, the, the, this this game is what a whole lot of third third party developers really wanted to be. This is where we got such magical titles, such as on the Xbox, uh, we got Fusion Frenzy, which came out. I love that. That game. actually was fun. I was being sarcastic, but then I said it out loud. I'm like, that was actually fun. That was That's a really of... fun game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a mix between Mario Party and. Uh... Power Stone. Yeah. Uh two yeah, two great games. And there was Sonic Shuffle. Oh boy, <laughs> that was that that that's the uh Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's real the big old stinker. poop right there. It's a poopy game. A boo 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 on but, Dreamcast. So tell uh, me a little bit about your uh your experience in Mario I'm just Party. very fortunate that I grew up in a this is one of the moments where being a uh one of five kids was very beneficial. Like, cause this was uh, every, uh, we always like, we always 
super enjoyed uh, multiplayer games. So throughout my entire like uh, early childhood of gaming, that's, those are my most fond memories are any game that had upwards of four, two to four players. So okay. Mario Party was definitely on the top of that list. So there, we played that a whole lot. And the thing was, we, we all, like all my brothers and I, we, we, we kind of had different skill levels. Like, you know, my brother was was good at a fighting game. My brother was good at, like, maybe RPG or something like that. So this was all the place, this was the place where it put it put us all on a, an even playing field. And, yeah, it was just. Who was the king of Mario Party? I, I honestly don't even really remember. Like, I, honestly, right now. So I, I guess it wasn't you then. I, I'm trying to tell you, like, I got incredibly good at Mario Party 2. Mario Party 1, well, let's talk about Mario Party 1 first. I think it was just, Mario Party 1, it's still, it's got some good mini games to it, but when it comes to the actual board itself, it wasn't perfected until Part 2. Okay. Um, yeah, so the original game, I, I still remember us opening up and playing it, and yeah, I mean, it's it, like the, the Bombskiball mini game. There was there was just such a huge array of just really fun, like goofy mini games, and them lasting a few seconds, and then just had the classic it, uh, controversy with the rotating stick. Mario Party Two is what caused that one. No, yeah, it was yeah. Mario Party One. Are you sure? It was Mario, Mario Party, Party 1? Two had less of those games because oh, of this. Yeah? Are you are you familiar with the? I'm I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah, there was there was a class action lawsuit. Pat's talking about where. A lot of these games uh, had requirement that you basically whoever could just rotate the stick that that terrible terrible uh, <laughs> plastic N64 plastic N sixty four stick around the fastest and what a lot of people did I never really did this but my brothers would do it mm-hmm. where they where they would take their palm and just roll the stick on right. their on their palm and rotate it around and yes I would I would watch it and would see. fuck up your it palm. would it would mess up your palm really badly so I wouldn't do it. But they would. So I guess to answer your questions about Mario Party, they probably were the key, probably were better than me. Because you refused, I, I refused to tear up your, I refused your hand. to tear up my hands. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this or not, but Nintendo, uh, everyone who complained, Nintendo sent out gloves. Yeah, I did the, hear about that. Now, I don't know. I've tried to do some research on this, and I could not find anything. I've done it a few times. I don't know if they were, like, official Mario Party branded gloves. Something tells me I doubt it. They, if they, they were throughout gloves to people, if they were, then they're probably really sought after and collectible. That's why I was looking for them, but I could not find anything about it. I could find the mm. news articles talking about it, but I could not find the actual gloves. Not even a picture. Mm. So the mystery remains. If you're out there and you've seen or know where there's a picture of the Mario Party glove, go ahead and send us send us an email at. Analogoutpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Is that an email? Yeah. Okay. So. Is that an email? Well, I don't know if you have that or not. So, anyways. Oh, I've got the email. Got the email. So, yeah. Uh, there are a whole lot of fond memories of this game, and uh, there, are, there are a whole lot of just uh, your classic raging moments, because the beautiful part about the first two <laughs> Mario parties was that there were moments where you would, like Mario Party Two, they 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 had moments where you could land on a space and then it would be a mystery block and then you would just get a star. Mm-hmm. And stars had a whole lot of weight to them in the early uh, first couple of Mario parties. Mm-hmm. You, you, you didn't get them that often. Uh, that's probably my biggest complaint about the later on series where they just got really carried away with like how many like things you could collect and like 
things didn't have as much weight anymore. The new one stars are pretty rare. They know that. I mean, that that's they they went back to the roots. Super a little Mario bit with the Party. New Super yeah, Mario I like that Party. one a lot. It is good. So there were a lot of rage moments like that, especially at the ending where you have the reward stars where they go, okay, whoever landed on the most. Uh, uh, event time uh, mm-hmm. spaces get get gets a star, and it was so, randomized. They had different different scenarios, and it would randomize every every game. Yeah. So, I mean, this is I, I can't think of a more uh, game that I hold more fond, uh, have more fond memories of in regards to multiplayer. It really is like one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time, and uh, I think when you think of N sixty four. You're all. I, I think most people are, are almost always going to uh, be, con- uh, and one of the first thoughts that comes in their head is usually the multiplayer because that's that's the N C four was so good at. Yeah, it was, was incredible. That it was the first console ever that included four controller ports. Yeah, and that's that really is what pushed the N sixty four. If the N sixty four did not have the four controller ports, it would have been trash. It would have flopped even harder than it did. Yeah, and it wasn't a huge flop, but like it was a far second place behind PS1. Yeah. If it didn't have those four controller ports, fuck it. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Because absolutely. you look back at every major uh game for the N64, GoldenEye, uh Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Mario Party, always it comes back to you don't hear anyone reminiscing often about a game that didn't have four player multiplayer and that's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because N64, the one thing it had going for it was the four-player multiplayer. Yeah, because, I mean, as much as we owned all these consoles back then, we never really... Uh, Turbo Graphic 16 is the only one that we really took advantage of, like, the multi-tap. But, we and, had and, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because it only had one port. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to get a multi-tap. But most of those systems, we didn't have, like, a um, like for PlayStation, I didn't get the multi-tap for that. Super Nintendo, I didn't have a multi-tap for that. I've got like, it complete in box. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, yeah, like... If these systems didn't already have it, there was no way that you were going to tell your parents to waste the money for an expensive accessory. Right, exactly. Hey, hey, mom, I need a uh, a splitter, and I need some more controllers. Yeah. And I need this new game that's four players. Like, I think yep. people underestimate the value of, of having those ports like that. So. Well, it just, it made it, it normal, the, here's the thing, it normalized four-player gaming. Yeah. If you... If you didn't have those four ports, you wouldn't have had all the four-player games you had. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's the problem with these systems that only had two controller ports is they had the multi-tap, but because it required the multi-tap, uh, only a handful of games even bothered putting in the Right, the developers wouldn't even bother supporting it. Right. Or if you can be like Final Fight for Super Nintendo and just not support it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh... Now let's move it on down the line of Mario Party where 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 it went. Um, personally, I mean, this is kind of uh, even even as the series got bad because it, it did. I'm sorry, uh, I I will stand by that. After Mario Party two, Mario Party three came out, and that one was the start of the downfall for me. Was that N64? Yeah, Mario Party three was was N64, and it it wasn't terrible. What was the how how many have you played? Probably like five or six, maybe. Okay, what what was the bottom of the barrel? Uh, I mean, it's I hard it, to say because the GameCube ones just kind of all blurred together with to me. Like maybe Mario Party. There was 8 like is a Wii one that was that was supposed bad. to be really bad. It got like a f- like fives out of tens. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if I'm thinking of the Bowser one ten. I think it was or maybe another I one. I think you are thinking of that one. 
There were some bad ones for sure. There were, and personally, I never explored the. I wish I did, and I. But the problem was, like the when the Game Boy Advance one came out, I really wanted to play it, but when the Game Boy Advance came out, this this is when we were starting to see single cart play be like a big thing, mm-hmm. and I had I had Mario Kart, which I'm a huge fan of for for a Game Boy Advance, and that had uh, single cart play. Um, so when all these games are coming out, whenever they announced that they were having multiplayer features, I would always go, okay, single cart, single cart, single cart, and Mario Party Advance did not have single cart play. Yeah. So that's the main reason I didn't play those. So, I mean, I really, if, if anything, the memories I wish I had, I wish I did try out these portable ones. It's just that at the same time, though, I I didn't try them out because I just never saw the value in them and how they would actually realistically work. Because the value in them is sitting down on the couch with your friends right. and yelling at each other. If I think if they really wanted the Game Boy Advance one to, to stand out, they should have basically used the exact same technology that they used in Wario or Twisted. Yeah, where you could um, where you move it as a gyroscope and things like that. Yeah, that would be that would be a good add fit some, for Mario add, Party. Add, add some new element into it. Yeah. That, that you're not getting rather, right rather than a crappy version of Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're not going to do the single cart play. Yeah, if you're going to make everyone have their own cart, give it a reason to have the cart. I wonder if we would have got WarioWare um, for the GameCube if Mario Party never happened. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. You ever play uh, any of the Dokapon Kingdom games? No, I have no idea. What is They're that? They're like a board game type game. It's similar to Mario Kart. I mean, Mario Party. No, I never played this. Is that like a Japanese-only thing? or No, they're here. Oh, okay. It's actually one of the rarest Wii games. Like, GameStop sells it for like $50. So, oh, boy. And it's worth a lot more than that. Huh. Did you play as a kid? No. Uh, our friends, Austin and his ex-girlfriend and, and Asian Mike, used to uh, play it at their apartment. Okay. So, good stuff. It was so, a, it's one of those games that lasts like all day. So what were what is your history of Mario Party? Did you have it as a kid? Did I didn't you, have it as did a kid. I didn't have a I didn't have an N sixty four until later on in the life cycle, but I had a friend who had N sixty four that and you know how, you know, friends were back in like middle school and stuff, you go over there like every day. So, right. Uh, I was basically like I had an N sixty four. I was going over to this guy's house every day and he had and N64, that's where I played Smash Brothers. That's where I played GoldenEye, and that's where I would play Mario Party. And uh, We played a lot of Mario Party, but I was always I was lost because I didn't own the game, so I didn't like know all the mini-games and stuff. But my history with Mario Party is I played it with them, Mario Party 1 and 2 a bit on N64, and then I was pretty much uh, absent from the series. I played it a little bit at your apartment. <laughs> A few times, yeah, on virtual console, I think, and then, or maybe you had the real game, I don't know, and then I bought Super Mario Party, and I've played that quite a bit. I I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I mean the Switch one actually is surprisingly, it's not everything I wanted it to be, but it's actually uh it it does make the game fun again because yeah, what, what I argue in the newer ones is just that they added so many random outside elements into it to spice things up that we just got a whole. It's like when someone says you're you're cooking a chili, and someone says, "Oh, you should add a little bit of this," and then you listen to too many people, mm-hmm. and the chili tastes like shit. Yeah, that's what happened to Mario Party, and mm-hmm. I think Mario Super Mario Party, we finally got to at least simplify things a bit more. Yeah, would you agree? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, that's why I was interested in it because it, from what I had heard, it seemed like they made the stars harder to get. 
and the random elements were not quite as egregious. We need the random elements. It makes it fun, right? Because it it equals the level the 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 playing field. But but it's like you've said yeah. to me before. If you're beating the shit out of everyone the entire time, you'll still win. Yeah. Like, exactly. you're not just going to get fucked totally. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, sorry, you know, you won every minigame, but you still lose. It's yep. not like that. That's how, but that's how the older ones were. Yeah. And Super Mario Party has improved that. So, it's a, uh, it's a good, it's a long-running storied franchise. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think it's real easy and cheap for them to make those games. I think they're going to keep making those games. And I hope that they do more like Super Mario Party and less like the GameCube games. (laughs) That would be nice. All right, so... Our other game here, it's the 15th anniversary of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Crystal Chronicles. Uh, let's see, here's February 9th, 2004. It was directed by Kazuhiku Aoki. It was developed by the Game Designer Studio, which was a shell company of Square Enix. Now, little backstory. The reason why they created a shell company for this game is because uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi, from the president of Nintendo at the time, he actually created a fund for first-time game developers for the GameCube and, ga- and Game Boy. So, if you were a first-time developer, they would give you money to learn how to develop on the GameCube. Huh? I did not know that. Yeah. So they so Square Enix created a shell company called the game de- game de- the game designer studio uh it was famously four players and it required the game boy advanced link cables and four game boy advances <laughs> to play with four players i remember that's why we didn't have it as kids right well that surprises me honestly that that's <laughs> what kept you back because your family had everything everything under the sun yeah to the point where you're just giving away free turbo expresses shut up <laughs> So I don't know why you want to rub that in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it it was a team up between Square Enix and Nintendo because Square Enix had just suffered a huge financial failure in the form of Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Makes sense. So that famously, for anyone who doesn't know, is the CGI Final Fantasy movie. I remember it quite well. I went and saw it in theaters. I actually liked it as a kid. But no, I was man, a kid. It was a snooze fest. I actually I enjoyed it. The only thing that was even remotely interesting was that the CGI back then was like it was it's pretty, almost real. It was pretty it was pretty advanced back they then. They even gave the girl like a freckle on her lip. Yeah. It was so real. So real. Uh okay, so. So I am uh, fifteen years old when this game comes out. Uh I'm not an adult yet, but I don't have adult responsibility. So I'm at the point in my life now where you can get away with being out all night and stuff on the weekends and nobody questions it. Nobody's going to make you go to sleep at, you know, midnight or whatever. And nobody's keeping tabs on you as long as you, as long as your parents know where you're at. So I get this game and 
at this point I've got a you know decent group of friends from high school and stuff and we uh man we had we managed to get between us because there's you know a bunch of us and at this point the Game Boy's been out for three years now so we've got all the Game Boys and stuff we go out by the cables and man me and my friends just we tore into this game we stayed up all night long multiple weekends playing this game I really liked it I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan because I'm not a huge turn-based RPG fan and honestly with the exception of a few of them most Final Fantasies in my opinion have extremely poor RPG combat. Many of them are just simple, turn-based RPGs. There's nothing particularly special about them. And that always bored me as a kid. But this game was more like an action RPG. Actually, I would say the closest thing I could compare it to is almost like Pikmin. You have a reticule on the screen that moves... And you are in that reticule is where you're sending your spells and things like that. So the reason why you needed four Game Boy Advances for this game is because it is still an RPG. So you have your own character, you have your own stats, and you have your own spells. And the way that the Game Boy Advance interfaces with it is uh, in order to get around the menu items, the menu... You your menu was on the Game Boy Advance, so you had four people running around in the in the game world, and if you wanted to cast a spell or whatever, you would pull it up in your Game Boy and do it like that. Um, one of the things that was really unique that I liked was you could coordinate and basically, since everyone had their reticule, you could mix and match spells to create other spells. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so the reticule, what you would do is, let's say that I wanted to, if we were fighting a big enemy, you want to cast Fire Aga instead of Fire. Everyone has Fire, and you move the reticule on top of the enemy, and everyone puts their reticule in the same spot, and that would that would create a stronger spell. You would have your base spells, and then if you wanted to do like weirder ones like that would poison or whatever you would mix and match them so mixing spells would create different non-traditional spells um it was also famous for having the miasma mechanic where your character one of the characters has to carry around like a bucket yeah and that creates it's like poison in the air and that bucket that you carry around with the crystal in it creates like a force field that allows you to move around in. When you get into fights and stuff, the person can like put it down and then fight with everybody. Um, so yeah, uh, my experience with this game is that I played it a lot in high school and it was a great, it was such a cool co-op game and it was kind it was really unique because there wasn't anything else like it at the time that had this kind of um, like an action RPG that was local couch co-op. That was what was cool about it was you get together with all your friends and play an RPG and everyone has their own character and stuff, their own class and everything, but you're playing it together on the same screen. And that was really novel. Uh, that's what I enjoyed about it the most. And also 
you just the uh, I mean the Game Boy thing was just whatever. I, I, I I'm 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 sure everyone's seen that meme back in the day. I forget. I think it was called uh, what's that? What was that publication? The comics publication. It was like a coin coin something or another. Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade. Uh, they did a famous comic that like went viral where it was like, in order to be a gamer and play Final Fantasy, it's like, because everyone was like, so I need a GameCube that's $200, and I need four Game Boy Advances for $100 each, and then I need the game and all these cables, so in order to play this game, I have to spend $700. <laughs> and then they like, I, I want to say it was Penny Arcade did a comic that was like, you gotta buy. You have to buy the TV. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And the game console and the couch to sit on and the house <laughs> to put it in. The cost of being a console gamer three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was famous. It was famous for having the limitation on the Game Boy. But even with that limitation, it sold over a million copies and made it to the bestseller or the greatest hits. Which was which is interesting. So, has a unique uh, art style, that's for sure. And there were several sequels, some WiiWare sequels, and uh, there was a sequel on the Wii. I have not played that one. I would like to pick it up if I see it and give it a try. And uh, but none of them ever had that same kind of interaction. No, I don't had. think so. Yeah. And then uh, we've got a port coming out. We do for both Switch and PS4. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? There's a port coming out for Switch and PS4. Cool. <laughs> it's coming out this year. <laughs> Are you excited for it? You got to pick that up? Yeah, I mean, since I, I never got to play it, but I mean, I do feel like I'm, I missed out on that, yeah. that Game Boy Advance connectivity because I have experienced that before. I mean, Pac-Man Versus is probably the best example of that. Yeah, but that only required one. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Yeah, I mean, I had the Game Boy Advance uh, link cables and stuff, but I never really owned any game that had that that did it to that level because the only one I can ever other one I can think of that did it to that level was um, Four Swords. Yeah, very so, similar to Four Swords which, the way it yeah. worked. Which I remember when the Game Boy Advance and connectivity with GameCube was like first announced, like really, and they discussed it like in magazines. I would see concept art, and they're like, "Yeah, like let's say you're playing a Mario game, and like you go down a uh, a tube, and then you'll go down the tube, and then you'll be in your Game Boy Advance screen." And it sounds stupid saying out loud right now. Yeah, but doesn't like, make any sense. But like, why? But like, in reality, though, I think that I think this this is the first time we really not the first time, but hence, second screen experience exactly a second screen experience. Uh, experience and the Nintendo DS is my number one console handheld of all time. Yeah, and um, I think this is where we finally saw hints of that coming out. And I really wish that I I I, I think it was because of the high price point to do this was why these games did not continue to get developed. But like, as you said, though, I am surprised about how successful it was. Yeah, it did pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, I think developers were just scared of uh, making something like yeah. this. It was, it was a very ambitious project. Yeah. So I, I wish we saw and more I, projects like that. Well, like that. And, and I can say the ambition paid off because those nights of me and my group of friends all hanging out, playing, and just the hours fly by the next thing we know it's morning i've never you know it's one of my fondest gaming memories is playing this game and it's not a particularly great game it's not like you know the game is just 
It's not like Breath of the Wild or anything. The fact of the matter is, it was the experience that it created. That's what made it unique. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever really experienced that again. I'm really excited for the port. I'm hoping that, you know, at least three of my friends get it and we can play. Because it'll have online connectivity. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping that at least a handful of my friends will are willing to get it and then I'll get it. we can play together online because it's a really, really fun game. It's a really cool experience and uh there's nothing quite like I I don't think you've ever experienced anything like playing an action RPG multiplayer where you're relying on your teammates. Uh I mean Fantasy Star Online is what I can think of. Yeah. It's similar but Fantasy Online is kind of like an MMO where there's not a whole lot of skill involved. You're just kind of like hacking and slashing or shooting, and it's just a lot, a lot of like stats based. And then it's just True. like, oh, I'm hurt. True. Hey, heal me. Yeah. This is an action RPG where you're running around in the world and stuff, and it takes a lot of, hey, uh, you over there, like we need this spell thrown over here, and you're, you know, co- uh, coordinating yeah. attacks and stuff. And uh, it's a unique experience for sure. So I'm excited. Got anything else to say about Crystal Chronicles? I uh, can't wait to play when the port comes out. All right. All right, that wraps it up. So if you made it this far, thank you for listening. You can check us out on uh, analogoutmedia.com. That's where we post all of our podcasts and our video content. And uh, give us a five-star review on Google and iTunes. iTunes? iTunes. 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 Give us a five-star review on iTunes and Google. And send us an email, analogoutpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. And on that note, we will be seeing you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.